about that? Who are you in uh, Christ Jesus? We'll open up with the uh, reading uh, out of uh, the first six verses of Psalm 191. It says, Lord, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word in my, on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Father, as we study, make this study, Lord, about uh, who we really are in Christ Jesus, Lord, I pray that you'd visit us in power, and I pray, Lord, that you would guide and direct the things that uh, I say here tonight, or today, uh, I'm sorry, this morning, uh, and Lord, uh, touch our hearts, Lord, and uh, uh, may you visit us in, in power, Lord, with your strength, Lord, and help us, Lord, to depart from this message, Lord, knowing more fully who we really are in your sight, Lord, and how much you love and care for us. So, Lord, I pray that you'd uh, uh, be with us, Lord, and be with this message, too. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I decided I would do something different. I felt what God led me to give you something light for a change. You know, I've been talking on really heavy subjects before about uh, <clears throat> spiritual warfare. So I thought I would give you something light today and examine this topic, who are we? Specifically, who are we in Christ Jesus? I want to focus in on our identity in Christ. Specifically, who are we in Christ Jesus? Now, I'm going to be looking a lot at the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is just packed full of truth about your identity in Christ. And I'm also going to be using the 193rd, I'm sorry, 139th Psalm quite a bit too, because we'll see from that how God knows each of us inside and out. God is not deceived by appearances. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, you read how <clears throat> the prophet Samuel was directed by God to go to the house of Jesse of Bethlehem. And there he was to anoint one of Jesse's sons. And the firstborn of Jesse comes up, his name was Eliab. And he was a big, strapping young man. And Samuel thinks to himself, surely the Lord's anointed. You know, the replacement for Saul, who had uh, fallen into disfavor with the Lord because of his sin, an incomplete disobedience, obedience. And Samuel takes one look at Eliab and he says, this has got to be the Lord's anointed. But then the Lord spoke to his heart. You know what he said? 
He said, don't look at his outward appearance, for I have rejected him. And then he said, the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks on outward appearance, but God looks in on the heart. The Apostle Paul wrote, Henceforth we know no man after the flesh. They always say that expression, don't judge a book by its cover. Okay? It's too often we as human beings have a tendency to do that. And we miss what God really is trying to say to us. God looks in on the heart. He sees the heart of every person that is here today. And God cannot lie. Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says that God cannot lie. So what God says about you in his word is the unvarnished rock solid fact. And in a world of uncertainty there is a, a comfort and strength in knowing that the unchanging truth of what you are in Christ. And it's found in God's word. Now we're going to look at 10 uh, of these truths that is found in uh, God's word. We don't have, <clears throat> have time for all 10 of them. I'm going to cover half of them today. And then uh, next week we'll get into the other five. And uh, these truths are about what God sees in you. When you are in Christ's <clears throat> uh, Christ love. When you are in Christ. Okay, first of all, we are God's beloved. He loves us more than we can comprehend. You know, too often people spurn that love. Remember last week I was talking about that man, Manny, who was a heroin addict. David Wilkerson came to him and invited him to come to Teens Challenge. And he went and then just ran out. Manny spurred, spurned God's love. He loved the needle more. And it's like I was telling you last week, the lesson for that is we don't blame the person that's engaged in the life-controlling problems like drugs and alcohol and uh, uh, sexual addictions. We don't blame them. We blame the spirit behind them that is deceiving them and causing them to continually sin in that particular area. What we need to do is pray that God's love would just overwhelm them. And that their love for the needle or the bottle or the, the uh, images that they see on their computer, that that love would uh, dissipate in the light of God's unchanging love. And we had that in our worship uh, service, right? You know, there was a whole song that was just dedicated to the love of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 says, Because of his great love for us, God who is rich, rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. You know, God's love for you is the whole reason why he saved you. What does John 3.16 say? God loved the world in this manner 
he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So even when you are dead in trespasses and sin, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, he still loved you so much that he sacrificed his own son to bring you to life. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So maybe you feel rejected and despised, but the truth is you are dearly loved by God. Maybe you were neglected or uh, abused or bullied in your childhood. But God still loves you and still accepts you if you will just come to him. Remember we uh, learned that a few weeks ago when we were talking about the prodigal son. The prodigal son was out there living in a pig pen. And he came to his father. He said he was you know, very repentant. And his father received him with open arms. He probably still smelled like a pig, but his father still accepted him. And God will accept you in whatever condition you are. Paul, in his second Ephesian prayer, prays this. I pray that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. To know this love, it means experiential knowledge. He wants you to experience his love that you may be filled to all the measure of all the fullness of God. God does not merely tolerate you. You know, so often we have that expression, you know, you don't choose your family, you can choose your friends. We don't choose our family, and sometimes there's members of our family we just merely tolerate. You know, we may care about them, but... We don't want to spend a lot of time with them. God loves you deeply and passionately and intimately. And he wants to spend time with him. He wants you to know him experientially. Again, this is experiential knowledge. He wants you to experience him. John chapter 17 verse 3 says that this is eternal life that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Everybody want eternal life out there? You do not have eternal life, according to John 17, 3, unless you know God. Experiential knowledge. And everyone in this room can have it. If you don't have it now, you can have it. All It's right there for the taking. You just reach out to him and say, God, I want to know you. I want to know you experientially. I want to know you intimately. Hallelujah. 
God's love for you is so vast it can hardly be described or even fully known, at least not in this present life. Which is why, exactly why Paul prayed that in that prayer that we just read, that we would get the revelatory knowledge of God's love as much as we can. And one of these days we will get the full knowledge of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. Paul writes, For now we see in a mirror. Mirror right here is not the beautiful mirrors that we have these days, you know, that give a, an exact, just about an exact image of what you look like. Back then, all they had were polished pieces of metal, which just gave a dim, distorted image. And that's why Paul writes, we see now in a, a mirror, we see this dim, distorted image. But then we're going to see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And he's talking about the future second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when he changes and transforms our mortal bodies. That's when we will know him. We will see him face to face. I like the uh, <clears throat> today's English version translation. It says that I will know my knowledge is going to be complete, as complete as God's knowledge is of me. And Paul also urges us to love each other this way. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, Paul writes, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We need to pray for that God's love, not only for him, but also for each other. Second of all, we are God's masterpieces. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, brothers and sisters, you're a work of art. But you're not just a work of art. You are a masterpiece. Not just any ordinary work of art. You are God's work workmanship. You are God's masterpiece. You were created for a purpose. And God has a good work for you to do. And he custom made you for that work. Everybody say that. I am custom made. Everybody. I am custom made. God made every one of us unique individuals. <clears throat> it's awfully tempting to measure ourselves against people around us or the images that we see in the media. But when you compare yourself to others, you know what always happens? It le leads you to discouragement. You were not made like anybody else. You are unique, and God loves you just the way that you are. And for that reason, we should not compare ourselves to other people. 
especially wondering if we're better or inferior to them. You know, we look at people and they have these talents or maybe they, we think they're more beautiful than we are. Or we'll look down on people and say, well, I don't do you know, what so-and-so does. You know something, brothers and sisters? If you continually compare yourself to other people, you know what? You'll never find out who you really are. You are somebody that is very, very important in God's sight. He has made unique, you, you unique and he's got things for you. God wants you to be conformed to the image of his son. And he has a ministry for every person here. Do you know what your ministry is? How do you fit into the body of Christ if you know the Lord? How do you fit in? And he wants you to, conform to uh, be conformed to the image of his son, which, as I've told you many times, is the same thing as the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. He wants you to have love. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have patience. All the qualities that we want to have, we can find in Christ Jesus and be conformed to his image. You were uniquely designed by the creator of waterfalls and sunsets who is too talented an artist to paint copies of the same thing over and over again. The only copy you want to be is you want to be a copy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will make you into, conform you into uh, his image in your own unique way. You might feel defective, but God handcrafted you just the way he wanted you to be. Did you ever see a waterfall that looked exactly like another waterfall? Might they even be in the same place, but each one is unique in its own special way. What about sunsets? You ever see a sunset that looked exactly like another one? Maybe they look that way if there's no clouds in the sky, but if there's clouds in the sky, they're just... You talk completely unique. And they change too, don't they? Dolly's always talking about, you know, she loves to go out and take pictures of the sunset or the sunrise. And she, she comes back and he says, I, I came back uh, five minutes later and it was different. Every, you know, sunset is different. Each of them is unique in its own special way. And so it is with people. You know, one of the songs that we sang, you know, those of you that came in and missed worship service, you missed it. I picked every single one of those songs because it fit right in with what I'm trying to say. But one of those songs was, In His Time. In His Time He Makes All Things Beautiful in, in his time. So you may not think you're beautiful right now, but let him get a hold of your life and you will be beautiful. And he is able to do these things in his time. 
Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The third thing is that we are chosen. Everybody say with me, I am chosen. If you know Jesus Christ, you say, I am chosen. He chose me. That was another one of our songs there. He chose me to follow him. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Now, wonderful thought. Even before he'd even created the, the world, he saw you and he knew you and he chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight. What a thought that is, brothers and sisters. Before the world, the earth was formed, God had already selected you and he knew exactly what your uh, life would look like. Psalm 139, another uh, uh, <clears throat> verse from uh, the 139th Psalm. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being unformed. And in your book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. He also knew what kind of person that you would be. When Jeremiah was just a youth, God was telling him he was going to be his prophet. And he told Jeremiah, he said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. He says, before you were even formed in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew you. And I had a specific call, a plan and purpose for your life. And you know what, brothers and sisters? Jeremiah was no more important to God than you are. He didn't love Jeremiah any more than he loves you. He loves everybody equally. And he has a plan and purpose for your life as well. So maybe you feel rejected or overlooked. But the king of the universe has chosen you as his own. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Number four, we are holy. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, we just read that. And then he elaborates, it says, to be holy and blameless in his sight. 
Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. God did not choose you because he looked through time and saw that you would be holy. You know what holy means? It means pure or set apart or sacred. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, he set you apart. You are sanctified. God knew that you would be sinful and entangled in the things of the world, but he chose you because he loved you and he wanted to make you holy. Now, on the one hand, you're already sanctified or made holy. It says you were washed, but you were sanctified. You were set apart. You were made holy, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So you're holy. You're set apart for a specific use. Colossians chapter 2, verses 21 and 22 says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. So you are holy. Holy. It's in the present tense. You are holy. You may ho feel hopeless or common, but at this very moment, God proclaims you holy, blameless, and sacred, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.12 3, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know what those are? It's another uh, list of the fruit of the Spirit. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, you check the Galatians passage, Galatians 3, 22 and 23. You'll find all four of those, or five of those in there. So you are holy already, but on the other hand, holiness is a process that we're to live out. Just because we are holy doesn't mean that we act holy, right? Somebody looked at your life, would he say or she say that you are holy? God wants you to act holy too and develop the, that fruit of the Spirit in your life. Holiness is a process we are to live out. 1 Peter chapter 15, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 but as he who called you is holy, so you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. So since we are already holy, we are to live holy lives. 
we're to live those holy lives before other people. That they may, you know, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Somebody know that verse? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You're to live holy lives so that you can glorify God in your life. The final thing that we are is we are forgiven. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood. The what? The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You know, during the 33 years that Jesus walked this earth, his every thought was pure. Every word that he spoke was true. And every deed was just and loving. It tells us that in, he, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. It says, We do not have a high priest that does not have the feeling of our infirmities, but in all points was tempted like as we are, yet he was without sin. Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, but he never sinned. He always did everything in accordance with his Father's will. It's not surprising. Jesus lived on earth the way he has throughout eternity. He's always been holy, and he always will be. What is really astonishing is that he traded our sin, he t I'm sorry, he traded his goodness, his holiness, for our sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says that he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So he suffered the death that we deserved. The blameless one was publicly shamed, tortured, and executed as a criminal. And he did it for us so that we might be forgiven. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. When you were dead in your sins... God has made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public, a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus defeated the enemy through what he did on the cross. And that's why what I've been trying to tell you about the name of Jesus. He rose from the dead. All the forces of hell could not keep him in the, the grave. 
And that resurrection power that he exerted is ours for the taking in the name of Jesus. Jesus overcame the power of sin and death when he rose victorious from the grave. Satan no longer has any claim on you. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, he has no claim on you. If you don't know him, he's got a, a good claim on you. Satan will relentlessly accuse you, shaming you with all of your sins and failures, and he does it in an attempt to dishearten and immobilize you. But Satan is no longer your master if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't have to listen to him anymore. Why not instead listen to the one true and living God who says that Jesus Christ already paid for all those sins? They are gone. All of your sins are gone if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. You may feel shameful and dirty if you happen to slip up in one of these areas of sin, but you are washed and clean, fully reconciled to God. What does First John 1 John 1.9 say? It says that whenever you sin, you don't have to feel that way. You simply confess that sin and he will forgive you. First John 1 John 1.9 says... If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Christ loved the church, it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. You are forgiven. You are forgiven because Jesus paid the penalty for your sins there on the cross. So let's sum up. The first thing that we are is we are God's beloved. We cannot comprehend that. It's far beyond that. In order to comprehend it better, you even have to pray and know and experience that love. And God wants you to, in turn, take that love and reflect it to others. It's like the moon reflects the sunlight. God wants you to reflect his love to this lost and disbelieving world. Second of all, you are his masterpiece. You are unique in your own way. He created you that way. And he has a special plan, a special purpose for you in this life. And the main purpose that you have in life is to be conformed to the image of Christ. And each person will reflect that image of Christ in their own unique way. 
The key is how much of that image of Christ do you want displayed in your life? How much do you want that fruit of the Spirit, that love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness, patience? How much do you want that? If you want it, you will diligently seek Him. says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 without faith is it impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him the reward that you get is when you have that fruit of the spirit in this life and there will be great reward in the life to come Thirdly, we saw that we are chosen. Christ chose us before the foundation of the world and ordained that we bring forth fruit in our lives. Fourth, you are holy. You are set apart. Set apart from this present evil age, it says. The world out there with its world system deceives us. We're immersed in that world, but we're to be in the world, but not of the world. The world tells us that certain things are not sinful, but God's word tells us that it is sinful. Sinful. For sexual immorality, for example. And every time we turn on the TV set or watch movies, it glorifies this particular sin. That's why you need to be transformed. It says we are not to be conformed by this world. We're not to let the world squeeze us into its mold. But be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Your mind is renewed when you read the word and follow what, what it says. And finally, we are forgiven. We're not to listen to the condemnation of the devil. When we slip and fall... And sin, he's right there trying to condemn us and making us feel like God is condemning us too. But God does not condemn us. It says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So God wants us to know that we are forgiven so that we can truly walk in his ways and we listen to God and God, what God says about us and not what the enemy says about us. If we confess our sin to God, he is faithful and just and will forgive us for that sin. Amen? Okay, I'd like everybody to uh, bow their heads and uh, 
uh, close their eyes. And if there's anyone here that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her personal Lord and Savior, you can receive him into your life. And <clears throat> you just have to recognize three things. Number one, you are a sinner and under God's condemnation if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And number two, that Jesus Christ paid the price for your sins there on the cross. He hung there, suffered and bled and died for your sins. Not just, It says that, you know, in 1 John that he uh, is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for our sins only, but for the sins of the entire world. He died for you personally. It's well been said that if you were the only sinner in the world, Jesus still would have died for you, for your sin. And number three, you confess that sin and you receive him into your life. And you ask him to be the Lord of your life. Now, I don't know everybody here. I don't know where all of you stand. But if that's true of any of you, that you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and that you have not received his uh, forgiveness and uh, leading to eternal life, I'd just like for you to raise up your hand now. Okay. Is there anybody that that's true of? Okay, I don't see any hands raised. So let's just go to the Lord. Let's close this message out in prayer. Father, I just pray that each person here will remember this message and take it to heart and know exactly who they are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to remember that we are your beloved, that you are that we are your masterpiece. You've created every one of us uniquely and that you've chosen us, Lord. You chose us, if we know you, you chose us from the foundation of the world. That we are holy and therefore we need to live holy lives. And finally, that we are forgiven because of your shed blood. Lord, it says in your word that if we walk in the light as you are in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I thank you for this, Lord God. And I pray that you'd be with us now, Lord, and uh, help us to go forward from this uh, church, Lord God, in your strength and your power, Lord, remembering who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, before we go to prayer, um, I'm going to have Sean... Uh, Cue up that last uh, song, and it talks about who we are in Jesus Christ. It kind of sums up uh, what I was talking about today.
free here this morning, brothers and sisters? You're free, free from your sin, and now free to serve Him, the living God. Hallelujah. Okay, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Prayer request. Samantha, Donna's granddaughter, give you strength and actually salvation more than anything. Okay. Also continue to pray for worse eyes. Samantha has uh, struggled struggle with alcohol. So pray for her. Again, pray for that the love of God just, just overwhelm her and dissipate that love for the uh, bottle. That bottle is destroying her life. But God will, wants to remake her remake her into his image. Okay, we pray for Worth with his eye. He had uh, cataract surgery, was it? Uh? Dolly was telling me that they expect it to rain uh, the next couple of days. Um, pray for Mary Woodward. Uh, she wasn't feeling well today, so she wasn't able to come. Uh, she really wants to be have a place of her own, too. So pray for her. Um, pray for Pastor Sandra. I think she's really uh, adjusting to life without uh, Randy. And uh, don't tell her I said this, but I think, you know, she had grown accustomed to depending on uh, Randy. And now she's faced with, uh, you know, she's got to depend on the Lord 100%. Uh, has anybody called her? Because she. Uh, uh, Dolly and I visited her on uh, Monday and she said that uh, uh, her daughter Chrissy was going to come down and visit her but uh, pray for her uh, she also told me that she's expecting an operation uh, about a month from now about some nerves in her leg uh, pray for me too because I'm slated to have a uh, colonoscopy uh, <clears throat> on Wednesday. Pray that they won't find anything. I don't think they will, but I should have them more often because uh, cancer runs in my family. Both my parents died from it. So anyway, uh, uh, pray for that. Uh, Other prayer requests? Okay. Yes. Uh, 
Dolly's sister, uh, Knit. Dolly calls her P-Knit. P. You got to say that with a falling tone. P. Everybody say P. You don't want to say P. Yeah, yeah, not P. If you say it with a rising tone, it means a ghost or a spirit. <laughs> you got to say it. Uh, P in Thai means an older person. So they, they, you know, age is really important in the Thai society. You know, they, they always want to find out how old they are. So they, they want to find out who is the P, you know, the, the older one, and who is the Nong, which is the younger one. <laughs> they always, that's a, that's a big thing in their society. So anyway, she calls her P Knit because she's Dolly's older sister. Okay. Uh, she just had half of her uh, foot. Was it the right? Yeah, yeah. Was it the right or the left foot? Right. Yeah, her right foot, half of it cut off because of diabetes. It was, it turned red and pink, you know, and uh, finally purple. And then they said they got to uh, amputate it, and so they did. And uh, pray that you know. First of all, there's so much pain. Everybody knows, you know, you, you hurt your foot, you've got a lot of pain. So imagine if they cut half of it, it off. So pay, pray that God would bring healing. There wouldn't be any kind of infection and uh, that uh, uh, she will adjust to it. And they'll, they'll fit her with a prosthetic uh, half foot, I guess. Okay. That was just done when... Yeah, well, when did, when did they uh, uh, operate on Peanut's foot? Three days ago. Three days ago, so just this past week. Okay, and then uh, uh, John? Joe? John. John, yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was, I thought it was John. John uh, suffered a debilitating stroke. Uh, I, I did check about uh, Jackie, and it, it was true that Jackie, uh, uh, Pastor Sandra's uh, neighbor, passed away from that stroke. She'd been doing good, and then she'd fall off a cliff, and you know, back and forth, and uh, she uh, was ready to go. You know, she knew the Lord. John, John needs salvation too, as well as uh, recovering from this stroke. Okay, Oropen. Oropen is uh, Dolly's son's mother-in-law, and uh, she suffered a fall trying to separate her dog from uh, another dog. So, um, what about your other friend, uh, sweetheart? The one that fell off of a uh, was it a ladder or something? Garuna. Tukata. Okay. Okay. Tukata. Who can say Tukata? That's Dolly's name, too. Tukata means doll. That's, that's kind of a common uh, nickname for Thai people. <clears throat> Dolly got her nickname uh, because uh, uh, one of her Aunt said, uh, In other words, an Indian 
uh, an East Indian doll, that is. And she looked like an East Indian doll. So that's why Dolly got her nickname. And then I said, well, people are not going to be able to call you Tukatha. So since Tukatha meant uh, doll, I said, uh, uh, I'll give you the English nickname of Dolly. And, and she loves it. She goes by that. Okay. Um, other prayer requests? Okay. Pam, Sister Pam, and Sister Ethan. I'm, I'm sorry, did I say sister? Sorry, sorry, Ethan. Brother Ethan. You know, I'm not one of these guys that uh, gets up there and says, uh, I don't know what a woman is. I know what a woman is, and Ethan is not a woman. How's that? Hallelujah. <laughs> sorry, Ethan. Um, did Trevi leave already? Yes. Okay, she was and must not have been feeling well. But all three of them again were here in the church, and we're glad to see that because a lot of times they're under the weather and can't come. Okay, other physical requests? Cliff, yes. My brother needs to come. He needs to meet Jesus. He and his family. They want Okay, uh, what's your brother's name, Sean? Uh, it's Brian and Jamie and the daughter's living. Jamie? Yeah. Jamie or Janie? Jamie. Me, okay. And uh, Libby? Libby? Yeah. Okay, um mentioned rain. We always pray for our nation. Pray for uh, Israel. Pray for uh, Ukraine. And pray for Dolly's home country of Thailand. In Burma too? Monkeypox. What did Jesus say about the end times? He said that there would be famines and well, roars and rumors of war, but he said there will be famines and pestilences so that's what we're getting right now is pestilences COVID and now the monkeypox. okay other uh, uh, any other priority yes uh, uh, Grace my, my back's just terrible I've had a lot of trouble with it so I mean prayers for that to get better I've got a lot of pain in the last couple of weeks okay brother's god kid, um, one of his many god kids, the oldest one, Peyton, she's just, I've never seen a kid go through so much trauma, and um, so there was a lot of violence with her dad, and now he, and he's been murdered, mm -hmm. so yeah. now she's without him, and now she's trying to go through 
grief process, but she's afraid of making anybody else upset, so she won't talk about it to anybody. Mm -hmm. And her home situation is also that she keeps getting her, her, her mother's in a bad situation with another guy who keeps threatening to throw all three kids and her out mm -hmm. and then try to keep the one child that's his. So it's just it's too much for one little girl. Yeah. What, what's her name? Peyton. Peyton? too much for any little child. She's only nine years old. Okay. Okay. Um, any other prayer requests? Okay, for, pray for our family and friends. Both saved and unsaved. And unspoken requests. Who's got an unspoken request out there? Okay, raise up your hand high. You want God to meet it? You gotta hold up your hand high and say, I've got this need. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you that you've given us the vehicle of prayer whereby we may communicate with uh, you, Lord. And Lord, you know all of the needs that we have in our lives, Lord, and uh, the needs that our nation has, Lord God. And uh, Lord, uh, you've given us the vehicle of prayer so that we can make our requests be made to, known to you so that we would not have to, to worry about them, them because we can take them to you, Lord, and let you worry about them. Lord, I just pray for... Uh, First of all, I pray for Mary Woodward. Lord, she's under the weather right now. Lord, I also pray for her uh, living situation. I pray in Jesus' name that you would help her to uh, uh, have the perfect living situation or help her, Lord God, to accept the, the way things are right now. And Lord, I also pray for Donna's uh, daughter, Samantha, who's been struggling mightily with... Uh, Alcohol, Lord, she sobers up and then she lapses back into it, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that just in accordance with the message that we've given, Lord, that uh, your love would just overwhelm her and completely overwhelm any uh, love that she may have for the, the bottle, Lord, and alcohol. And Lord, uh, she's under... <clears throat> the devil's control until she repents, Lord God, and confesses you as her Lord and Savior. So, Lord, I pray that you just give uh, Donna the words to uh, speak to her, Lord, and that she would uh, get saved, Lord, and uh, truly know your love and uh, the freedom that uh, uh, you give her, Lord. Even as we have uh, uh, heard, Lord, in that final song, Lord, how, how we are free, Lord. We are who you say we are. Pray for uh, uh, worth, Lord God, with his uh, eye. And Lord, he's had these stents in it, Lord. He's suffering from glaucoma and other things too. So Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would restore his eyesight. But Lord, I pray especially that you would give him spiritual eyesight, Lord, that he, he would see you, Lord, that he would look into the world of the Spirit and know that you are King, you are Lord. And Lord, the enemy uh, would come against his soul, Lord. Pray for salvation if he does not know you. Lord, I pray for Pastor Sandra. 
Lord, I thank you, Lord, because I see the, her strength of character as she's uh, recovering, Lord, from the shock and the heartbreak uh, of losing her husband, Lord uh, Randy, Lord, who all of us dearly loved. Uh, Lord God, it's like you uh, um, have taken him away for a reason, Lord. And uh, Lord, let her lean wholly upon you, Lord, and not feel bitter towards uh, her situation. Lord, I just hold up to you also her uh, operation coming up on her leg, Lord, with the uh, <clears throat> with the uh, uh, nerves being operated on. I pray that it would be a success. Lord, help her to be able to walk better. Lord, I pray also for myself, Lord, with this uh, colonoscopy uh, coming up, Lord. I don't know of any uh, uh, possible polyps or anything like that, but uh, Lord, I pray that if there are any problems there, Lord, that they would discover them, Lord, because you know how cancer runs in my family. And Lord, I pray for a peanut, Lord, with her foot, uh, having been operated on and half of it taken away. Lord, I pray that you would just bring a lessening of uh, pain to uh, Pinit, Lord, and I pray in Jesus' name that uh, her foot would heal up completely, Lord, and that she would not uh, suffer any kind of infection. And Lord, help her to adjust to only having a half a foot on her, her right uh, side. And uh, Lord, help them to be able to fit her with a prosthetic uh, foot, Lord, that uh, uh, she would be able to walk as normally as possible. Lord, we pray for uh, Sister Grace, Lord, that with her back, Lord, uh, that has been giving her a lot of problems. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'd bring healing to that. Lord, I pray for uh, John, Lord, as he uh, <laughs> recovers from that stroke. I pray in Jesus' name, too, Lord, that uh, he would uh, give his heart to Jesus, too, Lord. As uh, uh, Lord, he s seeks to recover from the stroke. Lord, we also pray for uh, uh, Grace's uh, uh, <clears throat> friend uh, Peyton, Lord God, that's undergone so much emotional trauma, Lord, uh, suffering from PTSD, Lord, with uh, losing her father and the violent environment that she's been uh, raised in. I pray in Jesus' name that you'd bring healing, emotional healing to her. And Lord, I pray that you'd help her to open up and uh, express herself to other people. Help other people to take a notice, an interest in her, Lord, and seek to uh, speak to her. Lord, we pray for uh, Dolly's son's mother-in-law, Orpin, who has uh, suffered this fall. Lord, pray for healing for her body. Lord, I also pray for salvation for her and uh, uh, Sam and uh, and for uh, <clears throat> uh, Lucy, Lord. I pray all three of these might know you and walk with you. Lord, we also pray for Dolly's friend Tukata, who suffered this fall and uh, hit her head really uh, violently. <clears throat> pray that there would be no lasting brain damage. And Lord, we pray for salvation for her also. Pray for uh, Pam and for Ethan and Sister Trevi. Lord, all of them suffer to a certain extent with digestive problems. Lord, I pray for he Ethan's breathing ability too, in Jesus' name, that you would uh, bring healing to him. Lord, it's good to see him coming here, Lord, and not 
having to rely upon that oxygen. But uh, Lord God, we pray that you'd heal his lungs, Lord, and Lord, help his body to be able to absorb the necessary nutrients from his food. Pray for Pam, Lord, with her back too. And uh, Lord, <clears throat> we also pray for uh, Brian and uh, Jamie, Jamie and uh, Libby, Lord, uh, uh, Brother Sean's uh, uh, brother and sister-in-law and, 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 uh, <clears throat> and their daughter, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would put a hunger in their hearts, Lord God, to know you and uh, help them to know some of the things that I've been preaching about how, who they can be in Christ Jesus, Lord. They may not see any use for him now in their own personal lives, but Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just impress upon them how much they do need you. Pray for rain. Lord, we thank you for the rain that we've had. Look like they were getting a lot of rain out there on the uh, Colorado Plateau yesterday, uh, the uh, Kaibab Plateau. And other places, Lord, we thank you for the way that you blessed the people of the reservation with a lot of rain. And Lord, we just pray that it would continue and that we would get some in this area too, Lord. There, uh, Dolly says that they're expecting rain on uh, uh, Monday and Tuesday. So Lord, we pray that that will come to pass. And Lord, we pray for our nation, Lord. We pray for revival to come. And uh, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would forgive, forgive us our sins, Lord, uh, the sin of uh, uh, abortion and drug addiction, Lord God, and the uh, uh, alcoholism and uh, sexual addictions and the way that this uh, nation has just been totally rejecting your standard of morality, Lord, as outlined in your word. Help them to get back right again with you, Lord God. Return us, Lord God, to the spiritual foundations upon which this nation was founded. And uh, Lord, I know that we were not perfect uh, back in the day, but Lord God, uh, we strive for that more perfect union, Lord. And uh, Lord, it's uh, the devil that's been speaking to us, Lord, through uh, the left, Lord, uh, condemning us, Lord, because of past sins, but Lord, to help us to realize that we are free from these and we, in, in Jesus Christ if we will accept the freedom that you give. And uh, Lord, I pray for the leadership, Lord. Also, Lord, I pray for the uh, up-and-coming uh, uh, primary that's going to be here for uh, Arizona in uh, just nine days, Lord God, uh, Tuesday after this one, Lord. And Lord, I pray that uh, men and women of your choosing would be raised up. And Lord, the, the uh, uh, general election too, Lord, the midterm election that comes first Tuesday in uh, in uh, November, Lord. I pray that you, you would raise up men and women there in the positions of leadership, Lord, that would uh, live godly lives, Lord, and strive to make uh, pass godly laws, Lord, that are right and pleasing in, in your sight. Lord, we pray for Israel, Lord, that uh, you would protect them. Lord, we know that uh, you you are going to answer this prayer. And uh, we pray for that peace of Jerusalem, Lord God. And give the uh, leaders of Israel wisdom, Lord, on how to deal with the problem of Iran, Lord, which insists that they're going to wipe, wipe uh, your people, Israel, off the face of the map. 
Lord God, help them to know exactly how to act and if they have to, to act preemptively before anything bad happens to them. Pray for Ukraine, Lord. I pray that you, especially you would uh, cause your uh, church to rise up in intercessory prayer. Pray for the alleviation of the suffering that they're going through. And Lord, I pray that uh, people would not be embittered towards you, Lord, because uh, of the suffering they've had to undergo this this year. And Lord, we pray for Dolly's home country of Thailand. Pray in Jesus' name that you would just... Uh, uh, cause the church to rise up and uh, uh, speak out, Lord, and uh, help them to be that shining light in that country. Lord, Dolly says that the COVID is starting to hit there again, Lord, with these new strains. So, Lord, I pray that you'd protect the people there. Pray also for Burma, Lord, uh, Thailand's next-door neighbor. Lord, with the refugees that have been pouring across the uh, border. I pray in Jesus' name, too, that uh, uh, you would uh, uh, bring about a revival in that country, Lord. So many of the, them are the Karens who are already saved, but Lord God, there's still a war going on. Alleviate the suffering there, too. Pray for our family and friends, Lord. We pray for the uh, uh, unsaved loved ones that we have. Pray that they might find uh, you, Lord. We pray that they uh, might know about the God in heaven that loves them and uh, take our lives and use us, Lord. Uh, give us opportunities to share with them and help us to be prayed up for when those opportunities come by and educated, Lord, on how to present the gospel to them. Lord, we pray for uh, our saved uh, family too, Lord God, how the devil will seek to try to lead them astray and get them involved in these habits that I've talked about, Lord God, and uh, uh, Lord, uh, try to shipwreck their lives and attack us through them, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that uh, we would stand up, give them words of encouragement to truly live uh, godly lives, Lord. And finally, Lord, we pray for these unspoken requests that were signified by the uh, <clears throat> upraised hands. Lord, you know each per person here and you know each need. And Lord, I thank you for meeting those needs. Thank you for this, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.